Oh, man, the kids are back in the classroom tomorrow. What will we need when we get there? And be prepared to put something together that will make the kids laugh at you and be amazed at you at the same time. And you're going to want both. Here we go. I'm Greg Collins. Guys, it is October 2020, and tomorrow in my area, all of the students are coming back to the classroom. Now, let me just mention something. I know all of you all aren't in that situation. Our elementary schools and our middle schools are considered down to yellow status. That is what is freeing us up to allow all of the students back in the classroom tomorrow. Our high schools, they still have those listed at, at orange status and will probably do that for the next two weeks. And as I understand, they are going to kind of do a rotational thing where the freshmen come back first, then they'll just work it up by grade level and have each one indoctrinated back into the building eventually. There are other districts in Kentucky close by that aren't on quite as an aggressive schedule. Usually it's just the nature of the beast in bigger cities where there's a higher level of population and maybe closer proximity. So different regions in our area, just like in your area, are dealing with it in different ways. We're thankful to be back. I know that a lot of things that I have tried doing uh, you know, as a as a substitute teacher in the classroom when there is both kids in the classroom and on the screen, that makes it a little bit tough. It was almost easier or or more efficient to just doing either a Zoom class with everybody at home or everybody in the classroom. It's just easier that way. Now, I think one thing that is here to stay is students having their devices, bringing them in every day, whereas we were used to pushing around carts of Chromebooks, perhaps, or I've seen some have laptops, some have computers, if it's more of a lab-type classroom. But we have our students bringing back devices every day. And tom- uh, tomorrow, Monday, we will be doing that, and we will be hitting the ground running. I am kind of anxious about it, but really excited about it, too, because I'm ready to get started, and I know the students that I have talked to are ready, too. So that brings up the topic. Some of you are not faced with it yet. Some of you might not even be faced with it until after December, as I understand. But we are faced with it tomorrow, and I thought it would be a Great timing to just kind of share some of the ideas that we need to make sure that's in place for the substitute teacher and the teacher as we get back into the classroom. Now, I'll say this. You've heard me talk previously that right now I'm a permanent substitute teacher, you know, per se, and I actually work with a regular substitute teacher, if that's the right wording, one day last week. So I know there's still a lot of substitute openings out there. To be honest, in my area, I still have my sub-alert app turned on 
just for curiosity's sake. And I do still see substitute openings come up. But to be honest, it doesn't seem like it's near as many as I saw in years past. And I'm sure that is at least partially COVID-related and what the schools have had to put back in place and the fact that there's not really that many students in the classroom up until now. But I don't know where that's going. I don't know in your area if substitutes will be needed. That's the desire for all of you, of course. But as we are working our way in back into the classroom, for some tomorrow, for some already it's happened, and for some it will be in the future, let's talk through what we can expect from both a I don't know, maybe we'll call it a philosophical standpoint and from a practical standpoint, what we need to bring in the classroom to be prepared for that. Now, I'm going to start with the more philosophical first, but I will tell you, make sure you hang around because I'm going to share a video that I came across that was done by a college professor, and then I went to his YouTube channel, and then I went to his Twitter and became a, you know, following him on Twitter that... It's really impressed me. It cracked me up what he had done with some students and gotten them involved in the classroom. It, it's it's really going to be both educational, you know, and I, I'm thinking, you know, I have a computer applications class in addition to the math classes I'm teaching, but this will work perfectly for a substitute for a teacher that just wants to get the students concentrating and paying attention. It's a great tool, and we'll get to that here in just a moment. So let's deal with the philosophical. Here's what I'm saying. Here's all I'm saying. As a substitute teacher, you know, we always had great attitudes. We always like to have fun in the classroom. But I'll be honest with you guys. I think now in our COVID situation, it is especially important. Let's remember back in March when all this started coming down. And, you know, effectively on my birthday in March, the world started shutting down. The SEC basketball tournament is such a big deal to us in this area. And that was one of the first things to go. And then two or three days later, by the 13th, the 13th was my last day of substitute teaching. Everything just started closing down. It was crazy. Remember, we had parades for the students that didn't get to graduate, maybe fifth, eighth, and seniors in high school, those grades. We drove around the neighborhoods to let them know we were, you know, thinking about them and we miss them. But remember now what's happened to them. It's It's been crazy for them, too. It's been crazy for us. But I'm not so sure it might have even been crazier for the kids because, remember, they're used to their summers to continually be in contact with some of their best friends at school. A lot of them couldn't do that. All of them couldn't do that unless it was like a real close family member or a close friend that hung out with the family all the time. So they have these adjustment periods, too. I remember even when we came back to Zoom class I guess it was four weeks ago when we first started back. I know when it was uh, September 8th. I remember now. When we came back to Zoom class, I gave them just a few minutes in the Zoom class just to talk to each other. And it was really kind of comical to watch it because you could you could just you know see the excitement on their faces of being able to communicate with students they hadn't seen or talked to, unless you count a text. 
since March. So that part of it was really exciting. Well, now we're going to be seeing each other face-to-face. It's going to be more exciting. Let's roll in there as substitute teachers with a great attitude and understanding attitude more so than we ever have before because all of them are going to want to share stories about how they got through this summer. And I don't think... I don't think I'm going to be able to cut any of them off. I think I want them all to share the stories if they want to, because that was part of our life, perhaps even for the generation we're teaching, maybe the most unusual, unplanned for part of our life that we ever went through. So we need to plan on that, have that great attitude, add lots of laughter to your classroom. We're going to talk about that here in a moment when I get more specific, but Loosen those kids up. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to walk in the classrooms, and they're going to have to be socially distanced in a way that they've never done before. They're going to have to have masks on most of the time in a way that obviously they've never done that before. So students are going to be six feet apart. Students are going to have masks on. So we need to be listeners we need it's different you know it's it's hard to teach vocally with a mask on so as a substitute teacher you need to remember that the teachers need to remember that too we're all in it you know to accomplish the same thing we'll have to do some policing too of the covid policies that are in the classroom so it's not going to be just enough for us to walk in the classroom if, if you're like me, you like to go into that classroom and walk around, intermingle with the kids, make sure they're on task, and you'll probably be able to do some of that. Maybe you won't do as much just so there's not, not as many bodies passing forth amongst each other. The kids aren't going to be able to even get up and throw paper away until the end of the classroom in some respects because they would pass too many students. So we've got to remember all that and keep all that in mind when we're teaching. So we're going to have to keep them at six feet, but you know, let's be nice about it. They've had to go through this too. Don't, you know, when you immediately see two students getting ready to leave and they're standing right next to each other, talking with each other, maybe with their mask, not as secure as they they could. Well, we could have a couple of approaches. We could yell immediately or we could approach it diplomatically and say, guys, you know, you're supposed to be six feet apart. We have to keep each other healthy and that's the way we're going to do it. So we have to police that. Make sure you try your best. I'm thankful that the school I'm at uh, allows us to have mask breaks. Our kids are eating in the classroom, as I've said before, and of course their mask can be down for that. But, you know, we like to go outside, especially around the lunchtime, and just have some, you know, for lack of a better phrase, goofing off time. And if you're a substitute teacher, you'll be involved with that too. Take them outside, let them rest a little bit. I want to try to assure them that even though our lives have changed, there's going to be a few years from now when we we will be able to look back and talk about this, what we learned from it, both medically, health-wise, what we learned about communicating with each other. Maybe it was a time when we could 
regain some closeness with our families. Maybe it was a time when we realized how much we missed each other and maybe we won't treat each other as badly as we did in the past. That's what I'm hoping. I hope there are some positive things that come from this. I'm afraid that there's going to be some quasi-negative things. I mean, are we ever going to shake hands like we used to? Are we ever going to high-five like we used to? You know, it's interesting. We've we've made it through the whole regular season of volleyball in the state of Kentucky, high school-wise, and now we're going into the postseason. And as far as I can tell, I haven't heard of any temperature checks that have gone bad. I haven't heard of any teams that have had to shut down because of this. They wear their mask on the bench, and they take them off when they're on the floor, and they're very adamant or they know they have to do that so they're all following the procedure and i'm thankful that it's gone that well so all we can say is we'll do the best we possibly can and make sure we you know we look at those changes that we've gone through and emphasize the positive you know let's forget the negative let's emphasize the positive things that came from it maybe getting closer to each other Maybe how we went out of our way to help each other. Maybe we picked up some groceries for some elderly people or just helped some elderly people along the way. Let's emphasize those things. Let's emphasize the way we can help our kids and their families. Now, let's switch routes to the practical side. Now, some of these you have heard me say before, but I think they're especially important now. I was in a family dollar store yesterday picking up some items for my mother. And, you know, they've got their big Halloween displays out there. So I took advantage of it. I bought some cheap candy, candy that's $5 a bag for maybe 100 pieces. Well, do that. You can't imagine how much how well that goes in class. Now, I've already done it a little bit, and I've got a procedure in place where my hands are sanitized, and I keep the candy inside the big bag that it came with, and I never touch the ones that I hand to them. You know, last year, I would have just had fun with it, and if maybe if somebody answered a question correctly, I'd pick out maybe a box of nerds, a small box of nerds, and throw it to them and let them catch it. Well, I won't do that now. What I might do is walk close to them, hold the bag out, and pour a piece of candy out so that my hands don't have to touch it at all. So we have to think differently about things like that these days. So that's the way I'm approaching it. But it's not going to cost you a whole lot. And its I've said it before, it is amazing how much more the attention focus increases just when they're getting some kind of little cheap candy. Now, you don't want to sugar them all up all day, I guess. You don't want to give them so much candy that it has a bad effect in the participation in the classroom. But it's amazing if you just add a little candy competition, what that will do for the class. And, you know, again, I'm not a participation trophy guy, but try to find a way that every kid gets some of that candy. I mean, every kid's been through the same thing this last these last few months. So keep that in mind. You are used to bringing your own markers as a substitute teacher or as a teacher. Continue to do that. You need that. I think probably you might even be writing up on your board more than you ever have because you can stay away from your students that way. And 
Keep yourselves distance. Just remember, don't leave those markers on the tray in front of the whiteboard anymore. Once you finish writing with them, put them back in a secure place so that extra sets of fingers, as they have in the past, don't pick them up and start drawing with it. We don't want to pass on health concerns that just because we didn't uh, do the markers, keep the markers out of reach. Same thing with everything. I mean, I know some of the classes we're going to have to have like some straight edge materials that we'll have to share in math class. And of course, we have things to sanitize that within the in between classes. It just so happens that two of my math classes that are doing the same thing because of the way our school has set it up, they're on different days. So I will be able to use those once have them put it in a bucket of some type and then sanitize them and have them ready for the next day. I won't have to turn them around immediately for another class right after that one. So that is good in that regard. But that's one of the things that you'll need to bring. What I tell my students about I kind of insist that they bring in some kind of paper or notebook so that I don't have to hand that to them. I didn't mind handing it to them before. I'll probably keep a stack of notebook paper in one spot. I'll try to separate it. Obviously, you can't spray paper because it's going to get wet. But just be creative with the ideas you have about what they bring into class you know, maybe more so than ever. A lot of times we would tell them they need to bring in notebook paper, maybe graph paper. And you'd always have some kids that didn't do it. Tell them this year because of the COVID initiative, they really need to bring in their own paper. Now, here's what I would recommend. I know teachers use notebooks. I'm great with that. I know they all have, you know, some of them use folders. I'm great with that. I am a composition book person. I love the, the, the bound composition books that they can just flip page after page. Most of them, if you buy them in the high school supply stores, are also perforated. So if you need to tear out a piece of paper and hand it in, they can do that. So kids have asked me what to bring, and I, my answer is basically, listen, I'm going to leave that up to you because here's what you have to do. You have to keep yourself organized. You have to take good notes. So whatever materials you need to bring in to do that, I recommend a composition book, but I'm not uh, insisting on it. Whatever materials you need to do to get that accomplished, do it and keep those to yourself. That is just yours. The days of borrowing, at least for now, borrowing back and forth between students. I know you were being nice, but we just can't, we can be nice, but we just can't share materials anymore that haven't been sanitized. So a lot of things that we're doing is going to change in that regard, and we have to be prepared for it. So think of all those types of things you're going to need for your students. I am hoping that most of them are able to bring in devices. I do have about eight Chromebooks that I have been given to keep in my classroom. We sanitize those. I have the kids wipe them down without being too saturated after they use them for the next students. But to be honest, so far, we've only had to have about three per class. Now, those were half classes, so I'm hoping that that eight Chromebooks will be all I need because they're bringing their own 
devices, and that'll be good. You know, substitutes, remember, the days of maybe just going in and setting might be over. I would recommend that you get to learn the equipment that most schools use. A lot of schools use those. Like most of them call them ladybugs. I think it's Luxon brand or Luxon brand, something like that. The projectors that go up on the screen familiarize yourself with that you'll need to learn that if you don't have one at your home which you probably don't there's plenty of youtube videos out there that show you how to use one so that you'll be prepared when you go into the classroom so substitute be prepared regular teachers be prepared just you know it's just going to be so different and we need to get used to it now i'm going to bring up the the item the main thing that i wanted to talk about today not so much time wise but just importance wise i search for videos all the time that i think will be really cool to show the kids you know, maybe to break things up, but yet show them how to be creative too. And, you know, when you hear what I'm getting ready to say, this might apply to the, if you're in a computer related class or a video processing class, but I have stumbled across a YouTube channel that I'm going to recommend. The man's name is Matthew Weathers. He also has a Twitter account. I would recommend that you Go to that, pause me, and go to him right now. Look for his YouTube channel, and I'm going to tell you the one that I just watched that I thought was great. It made me laugh. He basically teaches a college class. And when you see the video that he puts together, I'm not recommending. He put a lot of time into his and a lot of special effects, but I want you to be aware of the concept he's using. He is making a classroom presentation and may pretend to have a problem or a glitch with something he's projecting up on the screen. This particular one, he was projecting up a screen and acting as if it was an April Fool's joke. So if you type in Matthew Weathers, April Fool's, you're going to find this video. But what he accidentally or pretended to accidentally do is write with a marker on his screen. Well, once you watch it, it's hard to describe, but once you watched it, he created a great interactive video that a guy that was talking to him, it was him, but talking to him from the screen was helping him show what to do. They were talking back and forth to each other, even even though one was on the video and one was live in the classroom. Now, as you watch this, you're going to be able to hear like the gas from the students in the room. Like, what is going on? What is this guy doing? But it's like he's actually having a conversation with a guy that's inside a YouTube video, and that guy is pushing screens around. Now, you're going to look at that and say, I would never be able to do anything like that, Greg. And and maybe so, maybe not to that level. He puts a lot of time in on it. Here's what I would challenge you to do, though, as a sub, as, you know, especially maybe as a substitute teacher, because you're going to be in a situation a lot of times where you go in and see the kids and then you're gone. So any way you can immediately, boom, catch their attention, this is a way to do it. So here's what I plan to do. I'm going to create just a simple video. I'm going to maybe write down a script for myself, you know, kind of natural sounding, something I can talk from, maybe bullet points, basically the same way I do this podcast. I'm going to write down some bullet points that I can talk from, 
as if I'm having a conversation with somebody else. So I'll record the question side of the script, and then I'll maybe speak the answer part of the script so that somebody's asked me on the question on the video, we're acting like we're having a real conversation. And I probably didn't do that justice, but I would encourage you right now, go to Matthew Weathers on YouTube and watch the way he did it. He had those kids in stitches. It was great. It would be such a great opportunity for you as a substitute teacher to put something like this together. Give it a shot. You won't be able to use all the special effects. I say special effects. It's actually just computerized type effects. You won't be able to immediately, most of you won't be able to immediately go and do something like that. But you could do just a simple recorded video where you either ask a question or answer a question and give yourself enough seconds, maybe say five seconds, so that you live in the classroom could speak to this person. You say one thing, the pre-recorded video says another thing, and it's just a back-and-forth type conversation. He even figured out a way to use a like a saber tool it was almost as if i guess he had a saber tool taped to the back of his screen and then it looked like the person in the video handed him a saber to uh, a saber sword and he instead reached behind the screen and pulled it out and it was such a cool effect look at some of that man it's it's going to take a little effort but what a great way for a substitute teacher to introduce themselves to a class so that's it, guys. And if you're confused, you know, you can never describe on audio sufficiently what you've seen on video. So go there right now. This video was only four, uh, four minutes long. The name of the video that I was watching this morning is called Math Professor Fixes Projector Screen. And next to it, it's got April Fool's Prank. So he apparently did this on April Fool's Day. He's a math teacher, so I can already relate to him. He did this in college. As I understand in, in, in page down his YouTube channel, he's done this at math class conferences. I would venture to say that he probably spent several days putting this together, especially if you include the script writing time, but your timing's got to be perfect. You've got to be sure to know that maybe you're having your, your video ask a question and maybe then you'll need to know that you've got five seconds to say the answer before the video is going to start talking again. Please watch some of those, man. They're great, it's a, and it's a great idea for your classroom, especially for the substitute teacher. So, guys, tomorrow is the day for me. I hope that you'll be back in school soon. And always remember, there are things that we're going to have to change the way we do. It's not just like it was last year, but let's turn all this into a positive experience, okay? All right, I'll see you next week on Substitute Teacher's Lounge. Music provided by Finn Sound.